The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will begin the next sermon in the Heavenly Authority series. So let's join Bible teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. We've been studying the New Testament office of the teacher, and we've said that the only real teacher, the teacher, the one, is Jesus Christ. He is the teacher of every believer, and he should be a template for those in the church anointed to teach. Uh, look at the diligence and desire to get it right. He displayed even as a boy. If you turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 41, verse 41, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. This is Luke 2, and I'm down now at verse 46. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers. And that word, again, is didaskalos. He sits even among the teachers at 12 years old, both listening, both listening to them and asking them questions. What? Both what? Listening right? And asking them questions. There's intense interest. He wants to know the truth of God. And the spirit inside him is the spirit of truth. So he knows the truth more than any human that ever existed. He can discern it. And you have here really, in these two passages, the incarnation, son of man, son of God. He listens to them. He asks them questions. Their teachers of the law, and how young a boy eager and alive with interest. Uh, this must have been a great opportunity to hear the great rabbis at the temple as opposed to those that were in the local synagogue. All your greatest teachers would be at the temple in Jerusalem, expounding on theology and life. And you notice as a young boy, as a child, his intellectual grasp and power and his holy thirst for holy knowledge. He can discern it. He's listening. He's asking the questions. And he can discern what's truth. And then verse 47, and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Son of God. Not only as one of us can he learn, but son of God, he can then provide information. He can provide revelation and answers. And many times the um, Jewish scholars would use questions to lead a person to truth as part of their teaching. Not much different than the Socratic method that the Greeks use, but a little different. Uh, they would, if a person asked a question, they would ask another question to try to give you the answer to their question. And you could just imagine Jesus sitting there and he's listening. And listening 
is important to learning. You can't learn if you don't listen. Too often we don't listen, we don't really listen. And that's one of the things that amazes me, if I can say that one of the biggest changes I've seen over my lifetime, the era of our day, there seems to be almost an unclean spirit on our society causing people not to be able to hear, not to be able to listen and understand. Communication seems extra hard. It shouldn't be so hard. I don't remember it so hard when I was younger. But simple things that you speak on any topic, it's almost as though there's a spirit of uh, dumbness on our nation, perhaps because we've gone so far away from our God as a nation, common sense is even being pulled back, and there is a, an ignorance that's come upon the whole society, for the most part coming out of the, the fact that people just don't listen. They can't absorb what's being said. Perhaps it's part of the media society. You know, we're used to hearing like two-second sound bites. And if you talk for five minutes, I can't handle it. My mind can't handle it. It's too much for me. I want to hear it fast and quick. And you think how years ago people would stay out on the green uh, after church and they had little booths they would set up and they would talk about the Bible and listen to sermons all day long. Could you imagine getting a person to sit down today and listen for a whole day about the Bible? It's unthinkable even among Christians. We can't listen. We can't hear anymore. But if you can't listen, you can't learn. And Jesus was a good student and it's important to be a good student in order to be a good teacher. The importance of listening. He's sitting there and he's listening and he's asking questions and they, the learned teachers, ask deep questions back and forth. And what happens? All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. They learn, right? They learn from him. They become astonished. Some of your translations will say, will say they became amazed at this young boy's understanding. The Greek word there for understanding means a mental putting together. Intelligence, intellect, grasping, understanding. They were astonished at his grasp, his understanding, his intellect, and they were astonished at his answers. He rightly divided the word. He discerns what's right. In his heart, he knows what's right. And what's in his mind and his heart is the very mind and heart of God. So as he hears, as he learns, like one of us, he can understand and then answer and teach because his mind, his heart, is the heart of God. And you think about it, he had to learn like one of us. They had information and he listens. We said that apart from the common thought that teaching uh, is just mental, really, biblical teaching is more spiritual even than mental. His spirit, the spirit of God, he sees it, he grasps it, and then he can reveal truth from the scriptures he's learned and from the very heart of God that's within him as no other. And so they're amazed. They're just astonished. You see in this young boy Jesus the amazing intellectual growth and the amazing spiritual maturity even at that age. Because who he is, you take all the power of heaven away from all the knowledge of heaven, make him a baby, grow him up like one of us, and still he has a spirit inside of him. His very essence is the essence of God. And that spirit then can teach back 
discern, understand, and then teach back from the heart. It's as much spiritual, more so spiritual than mental. Verse uh, 48, And when they saw him, uh, Mary and Joseph, they were amazed. His mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand. They didn't grasp. They did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Now, they should have, right? If you go back, and this is a little prelude to our Christmas sermon next week, if you go back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph knew, right? He knew Emmanuel, God with us. And then if you look in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So she knew. When he says, Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? She knew. He will be called the Son of God. And of course, they do know. Um, in verse 51, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. She knew. John chapter 2, uh, verse 2. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to do, do it. She knew. She knows. 
And the problem they have here when he says to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Is really a problem that can happen with teaching because you can know a thing, you can believe a thing, and yet it hasn't fully saturated into every level of our consciousness, into our spirits, our souls, our actions. There's different levels of knowing. You can know, then you can know that you know. Sometimes you know it and you think about them, they've raised him, they changed him, they fed him, they saw him take his first steps. Joseph worked with him in the carpentry shop, he showed him how to plane the wood, how to hammer the nails, and there's a naturalness, there's a familiarity and a love here for their son, even after all the events we just read about at his birth, it's as though the everyday has overshadowed the nativity. They know, but remember, they've also, he's their child. And so they don't understand fully at that point when he says, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? We'll continue the message in our next broadcast. You can hear hundreds of Bible study programs on our church website at shiarjashub.org. Don't forget to visit us on the Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. We live stream the Sunday message at 10.30 a.m. And then all the programs are up on YouTube to watch 24-7. You can search for the channel on YouTube, or you can use the link we have placed on the shiarjashub.org homepage. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.